0: everybody welcome uh peter and i are here together in the studio and uh, this week we are gonna do i'm very excited to talk about solo a star wars story directed by uh ron howard among others uh (laughs) peter welcome
1: welcome officially ron howard unofficially ron howard to me officially
0: phil lord and christopher miller but we'll get to that um do you want to give a brief summary? Uh, I, I guess you can just sort of do some broad strokes as pretty much everybody knows who these characters are, essentially.
1: There's this guy named Han Solo that apparently <laughs> was, he was in the original movies played by Harrison Ford. And this is the young <laughs> Solo played by Alden Ehrenreich, um, who has his... Uh, this is about his beginnings how he starts out being a pilot and how, well, sort of, they don't really show you any of that, but it's about his early romantic interests and true to the Star Wars tradition basically shows almost all of the features that he, um, that make him, his relationships and his props and features that he has in the later Star Wars movie. It basically shows him acquiring all of them, um, staying consistent with the Star Wars later, movies which had to define every little prop that
0: was in the original (laughs) series and he also acquires in addition to his own characteristics uh chewbacca oh yeah well of course he acquires (laughs) chewbacca and the millennium Falcon, and 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 he acquires uh lando uh yeah he was that that scene where they go to the shelter and uh, they pick chewbacca out was really moving (laughs) Uh. uh Alright. He was already housebroken. All he speaks right, right. <laughs> he speaks some Wookiee too. Yeah, apparently. he does that, speak that's some Wookiee. But he process. speaks Wookiee with like kind of like a Brooklyn accent, so it's kind of strange.
1: Yeah, but Chewbacca right. trains him, actually.
0: <laughs> um so I'm gonna just begin by saying that um this movie had an element that... Neither um, The Force Awakens uh, nor The Last Jedi uh, nor Rogue One had Uh, humor like this movie is funny and it's actually fun. Like like I I, as someone who haters going to hate, so say what you will. But as somebody who was not wowed by The Force Awakens or The the Last Jedi, I thought that they were overwrought and overdone too long um and too much of what we had seen before i was happy that they went with a much lighter motif for this there's a lot of comedy there's a lot of humor yet there's a real sort of underlying story that held my attention for two and a half hours and i will tell you that i think i enjoyed this of the four new star wars films uh i think i enjoyed this the most that's not saying much
1: I agree, um, but but the other but, one. I mean, they were. But terrible. I did enjoy that, and
0: I and I thought Rogue One was a good movie. I really liked Rogue One, but this I thought, you know, I saw Rogue One once, and I was kind of done with it, you know, except for watching one or two of the action sequences. Like I kind of don't I don't feel like I need to see it again. Whereas this, I would like to see again. Um,
1: I, that's. I'm curious whether I'm going to remember this because I remember absolutely nothing about Rogue One at all. I can't remember anything about any of the Star Wars movies, the later <laughs> ones, except for the things that I hated so much that they made me grit my teeth and made me, and just made me angry. So, you know, I remember a few like Jar Jar and, and there's a few things I remember that were just particularly horrendous.
0: horrendous heinous yeah but i mean i think that you know they they added some stuff that the other movies didn't have and i think also very importantly they didn't have something that some of the other movies have had in the last couple and i i think that the, uh, i think that that thing that was missing was a skywalker and the movie is better for it like like i'm gonna just say this again haters gonna hate i'm sick of the skywalker story like it's dull we've seen it it's boring Uh, Like, it was interesting that this was a story without Jedi Knights about regular people with regular abilities trying to do their thing. Like, I'm tired of seeing lightsabers fly through the air. Like, it was good that they just didn't go there at all. And I kept waiting for the stupid Jedi Knight to show up, and I was glad that they didn't.
1: Well, he does at the end, kind of.
0: So, well, at the end, but not really. Yes and no. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Well, I mean, you know, that's essentially – that's like a little two-second thing at the end that really had nothing to do with the plot. The, I mean, the movie is essentially resolved when there is a cameo from uh, from the prequel trilogy in the guise of Darth Maul. Although what's interesting is um, they have – in making Darth Maul appear in this, they have made elements of the comics and graphic novels – and um, I believe some of the cartoon, the animated Star Wars shows canons in as much as Star Wars obeys its canon, because in the film, in The Phantom Menace, Maul is cut in half. Spoiler alert. Um, and in this movie, Darth Maul shows up uh, for literally 15 seconds at the end of the movie, where the bottom half of him is isn't sort of mechanical. But it's, it's literally done as a throw. Actually, I thought it was a mistake, personally. Um Really? The bottom half of him is mechanical? Yeah. No. When he stands up, like he's sitting on that stool, no, like I he didn't just, even he's notice. supposed to be sitting on this dark stool in this dark room all day long, waiting for someone to call him on the telephone. Uh, <laughs> and then he stands up. <laughs> he's and so his legs are His legs are metal. Hmm. Um but let's get back to the the meat of this movie. Um, this movie stars um, Alden Ehrenreich, who I really previously wasn't too aware of, uh, against really Woody Harrelson, who carries a lot of the film. I mean, Woody Harrelson, he's sort of the most experienced, sort of well-known actor in the whole film, uh, and a lot is put on Woody's shoulders. Amelia uh, Clark, A.K.A. Daenerys Targaryen, uh, plays Kira, spelled uh, Q.I.R.A um donald glover plays lando um you forgot newton the apostrophe gets... it's qi apostrophe alright. <laughs> oh sorry um uh donald glover obviously is lando uh fanny newton gets a lot of uh press for playing woody harrelson's love interest although she is barely in this film um and i thought that uh phoebe walter bridge was terrific as Lando's robotic sidekick, who I believe is named L3. Um, and then the cast is sort of rounded up by Paul Bettany, who's our nominal villain, uh, and a guy named Junus Suotamo, who uh, wears the Wookiee costume. Uh, have you seen Fleabag on Amazon? Bits of it. Because that's um, that's Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So that's the girl who played L3. And she's absolutely hmm. terrific on Fleabag
1: yeah, I saw parts of it. But you know um, what you know what you said this movie was missing was um, was Jedi, which is true. but do you know what to me the movie's missing more than that? is it's missing abject confusion. Uh, it, it basically makes sense, and the story is relatively straightforward. It's relatively followable. Their yeah. motivations are relatively um, reasonable <laughs> and understandable. <laughs> And the and it also there's acting in the movie. I mean, there's really there's almost no acting in the last several Star Wars movies at all. And and you I mean, I challenge you to follow the the story, follow what's going on. I mean, you have to go, you have to jump, you know, race to Wikipedia afterward to try to put together what happened in in the the. Star Wars uh, sequels, the main saga films. Yeah, I mean, jeez, and this thing at least at least it's a story and it's acted. I mean, it's it's really it's really just it's a straight story. Well, it's It's a a very straight 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 story. It's
0: essentially a heist movie with some elements of a western thrown in.
1: Right, and it's and it really it's based on. It's a true action movie because it's a a number of of high uh, high powered energetic um, effects laden um, sequences with interspersed, um, small sort of character
0: scenes. Right. Um, Exactly. And, and, and it, you know, they don't really have to do a ton of character development because we know Han, we know Lando, we know Chewbacca and, and the other characters, I kind of assumed were are either going to die or get killed, which by and large is true. So I wasn't really worried about getting to know them a ton.
1: Right. Everybody realizes that. Um, which is a problem, actually, with the movie because you just you, you know everybody else is gonna be they're gone. You know if if they're super lucky they get a cameo in the next movie, but that's <laughs> right. you know that's like exceptional.
0: Um, yeah, no, it's true, it's totally true. But I think that you know uh, Alden Reich does a good job of not playing Harrison Ford. And as I was going in, I was thinking, like, is he gonna how is he gonna do it? Like, is he gonna play Han Solo or is he gonna play Harrison Ford? And he kind of does, you know, largely his own version of solo. There's a couple of sort of gratuitous nods and winks to maybe Harrison Ford's mannerisms. But for the most part, he he plays it his own way. And I was totally accepting of him as Han Solo.
1: Yeah, I but I do think that that solo and lando lando jr um both spent time studying vocal mannerisms of the i'm original sure they did but and they, whereas, they really you know they copy them i mean they, they're trying to they're trying to be faithful
0: right although this isn't really like like empire strikes back billy d williams this is like lady sings the blues billy d williams this is like 10 years younger Right? Yeah. Colt 45, Billy D. Williams, I think, perhaps. Um, Even younger. <laughs> you know, the timeline, by the way, is a little hard to figure. Like, I was trying to figure out, like, how many years before is this? It's not really clear to me. Um, it's a ways. I, th- I mean, they're clearly,
1: he's clearly supposed to be in, you know, uh, let's say when the main movie takes place, he's like maybe early 20s.
0: Oh no. Oh no, I disagree. I think and I think I mean in Star Wars we know definitively that Luke is 20 and I think Han is supposed to be at least a decade older. I think Tan's well
1: it. into his 30s. Yeah, no, I Star mean, in Wars. Star
0: Wars, Han is right, in his 30s. Right, but in this,
1: this he's in his early in, 20s, I think. I don't know, so, though. I
0: think he's supposed to be a teenager at the start of the movie. Then it jumps forward three years. I think he's right. supposed to be like 20, 21 years old. Like He's essentially supposed to be the same age as Luke was in Star Wars. Right, which is early 20s. <laughs> No, but I just wasn't right. But I'm just I'm saying but like, it's unclear how far before a new hope this takes place. But you know, I just wanted to get back to one thing that you said, you know, you made the point that this was a very, very straight, intelligible story. And I read, for example, that one of the reasons that Kathleen Kennedy, who essentially kind of take took over running the franchise from Lucas when he stepped out of the picture One of the reasons that she got rid of Phil Lord and Chris Miller and brought in Ron Howard is because she wanted a straighter story, is that I think there was a perception that what was being made and filmed was sort of veering too far from Kasdan and Kasdan's script, um, and that they were getting something more cluttered than they wanted. And, you know, I I happen to like Ron Howard quite a lot. I mean, I could name half a dozen Ron Howard movies that I really like, most notably Apollo 13 um, So, oh, you know, you could great. imagine, but you could imagine how they were probably very relieved to get his hands on the helm of this thing after what sounds like an extremely frustrating and difficult, you know, initial shoot. I'm
1: really curious exactly what the story was with that, because to me, I in some ways, that's the most interesting thing about the movie to me. And it's. I'm so sure that a, you know they're trying to keep been it quiet, bit, aren't they?
0: Well, not really. I mean, there's been a fair bit written about it. I mean, and I've read from a couple of sources that you know this is written by Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Empire Strikes Back with Leigh Brackett, uh, and who also wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, they brought him they in. just made a bunch of movies on his own, accidental. Oh tourist. yeah, and directed forget What else? And, yeah, but he's they, a they very brought him in, steady. But hand. they brought him in. His he brought in, his son with him so that the son would theoretically add a more youthful voice to the writing. Um, and apparently uh, Miller and Lord were filming stuff that wasn't in the script, or they were allowing too much improvisation or getting too far from the tone of the script. And Kasdan is a very powerful person in Hollywood. And, and I've heard and read that in a couple of places that Kasdan directly lobbied to get them fired. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And, and I think it was, I think that, you know, Kathleen Kennedy uh, listened, hmm. you know. I mean, he's part of the he's part of the new Star Wars thing. Remember that, um, you know, Lawrence Kasdan also wrote The Force Awakens, right? So he's very, very much in the the current fold. So they they probably honestly trusted him more than the two guys who you know developed uh, and and made the Lego movie. Um, No, that's that's what they got noted for. so I don't know, like, I I mean, I, I'd I be curious to see the original script, I'd be curious to see the what was filmed by Lord and Miller, but that having been said, I was very happy with what was on the screen of this. And, you know, I, I dragged my wife to this, um, who, she had seen um, The Last Jedi with me, and she walked out and basically, you know pulled the finger across her neck as if to say, like, we're never coming to one of these these movies again. Like, she hated The Last Jedi. Like, she just thought it was terrible. And, and I dragged her to this on a rainy Saturday, and and she loved it. Like, she walked out like, that was really good. That was really fun. I mean, she's very versed in Star Wars, and, and you know, she really enjoyed it. And My kid, uh, I took one of my kids, too, and she loved it. So I definitely got the sense that uh, they were winning over the audience with this story. And the the action sequences, you know, you mentioned this movie is essentially a collection of chase scenes and fight scenes. They're, for the most part, very well done.
1: Yeah, but, you know, to me, that that's the one thing that's, there's so much expertise in Hollywood. I mean, it's hard to make a really crappy action scene at this point. I mean, it's the one thing that movies are, that's left in big budget movies. So, I don't know. I mean, special effects and, and action. I mean, yeah. to me, I'm not. I'm. Not, it's no longer that remarkable to I me that there's a mean, really great looking action scene.
0: But not I mean, that it to was me, great but, looking that it just it flowed well. I don't know. Like for example, there's one or two of them that are a little silly, but there's a scene in this movie where they are uh, essentially trying to get a MacGuffin off of a moving train. Like the it's like they're you know it's their version of the great train robbery where they're running on the top of the cars of the train, but the train sort of moves in a three-dimensional way and there's a lot of elements in play in that scene both on the train and flying around the the train and and I thought that that was really well carried off and and you know one thing that most of these movies nowadays that are all done in CGI don't do is they don't really convey that the character is in any physical danger and that scene on the train you kind of felt like they were in physical danger
1: you yeah, know when and, the train and like you moved. could get
0: killed. Yeah. And yeah, the train rolls on its side as it goes. It's very well done. Yeah. Um by the way, I guess we're just doing a spoilers galore, but ah whatever. Um I'm sure I'm sure people have seen it. So I know people have very strong feelings about Amelia Clark. Um I actually think that she was really uh good in this and and I you know, like I I think that she was terrible in the Terminator movie. Uh, whatever, ter- she's in like Terminator 62. I forget the actual title, but she's in one of the Terminator movies where they had her play a young Sarah Connor, which is just an abomination. Uh, But <laughs> but she's. I think she's very winning in this and you could sort of see her appeal to Harrison Ford. I think they purposely made her look like a young Carrie Fisher. So you could kind of get a sense that maybe when he meets Princess Leia in 15 years, it sort of echoes of uh her character Kira here. And they gave her character sort of like a more complex and a darker backstory than they gave uh, Solo. Uh, that sort of comes to a different kind of fruition than you expect to see coming, which I thought was well done. Hmm. How how are people? I
1: mean, you know when i when I went to look up the theater times, um, the the little um, Rotten Tomatoes little icons popped up. You know, and I thought the. The audience meter, or whatever thing, was was relatively low. I don't remember. It's about what it was.
0: seventy. I think this has about a seventy-ish score on Rotten that's, Tomatoes. That's pretty low. Uh, I think for a Star Wars movie, it's low. But again, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think, I, I think I am looking for something different than the average Star Wars fans. Like, I mean, I just feel like I am. You know, I'm sick well, to death of uh, I'm sick to death of what I think some people are still happy to see. Like, if I never seen another lightsaber fight, I'm fine. I mean, I almost never swear on this podcast, but I just don't give a shit about lightsaber fights anymore. Like, I've seen 500 of them. Well, we're not it's
1: 12, enough. man. The average Star fan is like 12 or 14. I yeah, mean, I don't.
0: But that's not true because there's a ton of people like you and me who are older and grew up with this i would say the average new star wars fan is, that's a, is who, a little kid but that's who goes to the movies i'm and telling enough- you though when i saw this movie the theater was full of people in their 30s 40s and 50s like everybody likes star wars because people who are 30 40 and 50 you know they grew up with this stuff too i think maybe they heard somebody else was directing it yeah i don't know but uh or
1: maybe this, know, but- maybe the buzz has gotten out that this is actually a movie because, you know, those other ones are sort of, it's tough to even call them a movie. I mean, yeah, they, it's they're just, so it's just, nonsensical.
0: Well, and they're just sort of like, you know, they're, they're a movie made as a result of a corporate boardroom meeting. Yeah, I mean, you they, know what I mean? Like, they, whereas drivel. And I like the idea that this is a one-off in the sense that, like, you know, like, if they never visit young Han Solo again, that's fine. Like I've learned everything I need to do. Like they could very easily do a standalone Lando movie next. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be interesting. You know, maybe yeah. have Han Solo pop in for a quick cameo or something, or not.
1: But they, you know, but you know, they there's a lot of strings they left hanging. You know, to to follow later. Like Kira, Amelia um, Clark, you'd never learn really what happened to her. Um, but she just sort of, yeah, she just mysterious. sort of disappears, right? She um, disappears, but then she reappears as like this, this highly placed person in a criminal syndicate, right? And, um, and she makes these illusions like, Well, I still am tied, I'm still there, I'm still a prisoner, I'm still whatever. There's a clearly huge backstory that she never wants to say, and her, right. Uh, Only hinted
0: at by her tattoo and her loyalty to the uh, Tony Soprano uh, of a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away.
1: Yeah, and all the stuff that Woody Harrelson keeps saying about how you can't trust her and you got to watch out and don't believe her. And then in the end, she keeps coming back and being loyal. But then she kind of longingly looks at him and then you don't know where she stands, right? So, uh, you know it's she she does the. she becomes the next criminal syndicate and then she's hanging out having a smoke with uh darth maul at the
0: end right yeah who's waiting for her phone call yeah that that whole ending honestly they shouldn't have shown darth maul like i thought it was silly and it boxed them in and it tied them too closely to the main story when they were better off without it they should have just shown her taking the call from somebody faceless and flying away that would have been cleaner and then they now they've gotta sort of throw in this stupid thing from the Phantom Menace that absolutely nobody on earth gives a crap about.
1: No, man, I think that the whole Darth Maul thing. I think it was actually the worst, it, it, I agree. single worst thing in the movie. <laughs> like, it's a huge, a
0: huge misstep. And it also makes Kira less interesting, right? Because it's mm-hmm. interesting if, if it's more mysterious. And then when they sort of like, they have this big giveaway at the end, it was dumb. Um, yeah, but it you know doesn't what I, make sense. You know what else? Well, there's that, I think that was the number one thing I didn't like. The other thing that I didn't like is that... Uh the Chewbacca costume was bad. <laughs> like it was like when I mean when you watch Peter Mayhew in Star Wars like like you're not so aware it's a costume like this looked like a guy in a suit and the I don't know if you noticed the legs like the legs looked like pants and like you could see his legs <laughs> moving inside the suit. And I was thinking like he moved like a person, you know, like, like Peter Mayhew kind of took some efforts to move like a non-human and the way that he would sort of like run or bend or sort of gesture. Whereas Jonas Suotamo, who I never heard of before, uh, who plays Chewbacca in this, he, he really moved like a dude in a suit and his movements were very, very human. Like I, I was completely aware, like, ah, it's a dude in a hairy suit. He sounded just like Chewbacca though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh
1: I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You think they had him sit with uh Chewbacca to I uh, guess? Um <laughs> to go listen to I loved
0: yeah. uh Phoebe uh, uh Waller Bridge, her her turn as L three who's in love with Lando but says that it's the other way around and says that they're Well, Right, well, well, there's a little something going on to both of them. So did you read, uh, okay, I'm just going to hang on, just let me reach over, uh, just putting my nerd hat on for a second, even more firmly than it's on uh, normally. Uh, When we were in uh, junior high or high school, did you read the Lando Calrissian Adventures?
1: Um, I right. know there, I there were three the books Han about solo Han ones. and then there were three
0: books about Lando uh, called Land- <sighs> I'm, I'm not making this up Lando Calrissian and the Mind Harp of Sharu Lando Calrissian and the Flame Wind of Ocean, and of course Lando Calrissian and the Star Cave of Fon Baca by L. Neil Smith but what was interesting and I thought must they must have been aware of this in those books which are you know they're as Star Wars throwaway pulp novels go they're fine um Lando co-pilots the Millennium Falcon with a multi-armed droid in those books that has a different name and is drawn differently uh, in some of the comics, but it was just sort of interesting that they they did give Lando a, a sort of a mechanical co-pilot, uh, echoing you know books from 1983. I thought that was interesting. Uh, what did you think yeah, was, about the Millennium Falcon, which is essentially a character in this movie? You had this and now it made you realize, like, you know, when Luke sees the Millennium Falcon in Docking Bay 94 for the first time and he declares it's a hunk of junk, I was thinking, like, man, like, Han and Chewie really didn't yeah. take care of it very nicely. This is why we can't have nice things, you know? <laughs> 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 like, didn't they have any, like, fucking Windex um, on the ship? I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, my only problem was that, you know, like, Han and his. Mauser Blaster and his outfit <clears throat> and all the other characters and the Millennium Falcon and the Millennium Falcon with a little, you know, a little less grunge on the kind of 2001 ripoff interior and the, uh, you know, whatever, like the, there's, there's definitely, it's, it's the newer version. Right. But my problem was just that I'm so tired of them picking up Every single element of the later <laughs> movies and sticking them in as, as an explanation in, in a prequel. You know, like.
0: Oh, like, like, you mean like firing the escape pod to make the ship look the way we're used to it looking? Everything. I, mean, I don't know. I, I actually, I liked seeing the, uh, the Lando version of the Falcon, which includes like a wardrobe and a bedroom. <laughs> it yeah, was like, was the, cool. you know, it was like this, the batch, the swing bachelor pad version of the millennium Falcon, Disco. you know, like, like the van with the, with the fur lined back seat, you know, like that was basically what Lando was driving around in. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I mean, that, that was kind of cool. And he got a, he got it, uh, he got it booted for parking tickets.
0: That's right. Um, I don't know. Like to see to me, stuff like that was fun. Like to sort of see it done differently. Um, it was
1: fun, but they didn't really have to show. Like they could have just kept it as Lando's ship. Even though well, the ending but, of the movie, I think, actually was rather nice. It sort of it wrapped up well. And it it really left you like the movie felt nicer, faster, and. Was sort of all the the ends, the loose ends were sort of slimmed, tied together very well as the movie
0: went on. It sort of picks up speed. It's a long movie. I mean, it's two and a quarter hours, this thing. Yeah, um, about the halfway end, through, another though. another spoiler, it, it since we're just up. spoiling everything. In, so at the end, Lando wins the uh, Millennium Falcon from... Sorry, Han wins the Millennium wins, Falcon it. from Lando in a game of Sabacc, uh, which has basically, like, the tale has been told in various versions throughout the expanded universe novels or graphic novels in a million different ways, but this is, I guess, the canonical version of, of Han winning... Oh, winning the ship you know essentially by by detecting lando's cheating and
1: subverting it right which he, he you know han mentions in the empire strikes back
0: that cheating right cheats. setting the stage for it, and you know it's interesting because you're you're left to wonder like do han and lando ever see each other between today uh and you know their arrival on you know bespin uh in the midst of uh empire strikes back but we don't know we'll see i think they dated for a while after this
1: movie <laughs> no there's um, uh, well, no
0: i think i think Lando needed a little time to himself after the loss of l3 um you know I what know, they I also mean,
1: explained too. They the uh you know there's that that geek um point in star wars about the like it made the castle wrong and wasn't running oh yeah They like, had a,
0: and every although that's revealed in this to be essentially a, an exaggeration but they actually show the freaking right. castle run. But every dork is like parsecs
1: is a measure of distance, not <laughs> time. You know, it's uh, there's So you <laughs> right, know, so he, they
0: had to officially explain it.
1: Right? They kind of explain it as being sort of a, a navigational. You know, there's some kind of
0: hyperspace space-time explanation for it right yeah they could have just dropped it did you by the way did you notice the uh there were a couple of cameos in this movie did you notice clint howard is in this i don't think i picked it up clint, clint- howard is well, he's uh, ron howard's brother and uh, he also plays Baylock in yeah. the original star trek of course. Uh, in the Corbomite Maneuver. Yeah. Um, Anthony Daniels has a little cameo. Uh, John Favreau has the... He plays the multi-armed uh, spaceship pilot. Uh, Linda Hunt has a little cameo, although it's just, I believe, her voice. I don't think she appears on screen. Like, there were a bunch of little... And I guess, technically, Ray Park gets a cameo playing Darth Maul again. Um, there were a couple of others, including Warwick Davis, but... Uh, It was interesting that they had cameos, whereas I don't usually think of um, Star Wars movies as featuring a lot of cameos. But maybe I'm wrong.
1: Well, you know, Um, if this wasn't made, if this movie wasn't made in the sort of new, newer, let's turn the page now that we own the Star Wars universe. You know, in some ways, this is maybe the first real um, movie that the, the Splinter movie. Um, you know, because they're taking the old elements, but they're really trying to turn the corner and make a different kind of movie. You know, th- their, their intention is, is obvious and they did, they did accomplish it, I think. But, um, you know, there, there's definitely that difference that that's detectable, you know, that they, they're trying to, now that they have the property and you can see their intention is a la Marvel, um, oh yeah you know we're going to take the stone universe stone meat blood yeah we're going to well yeah but we're going to we're going to start exploring we're going to start spreading things out and and try to make a really f- a big franchise i mean now that's disney owns well it. and
0: it's i mean look this is the fourth movie in just a few years yeah right i mean remember when we were kids you know like you had to wait a couple of years just for one movie and then you know 30 years for the next movie you know now like they're i think they're basically essentially committed to a movie every one to two years. Oh, I'm sure uh, because they do paid one. so much for it. Oh, they got it. But do you know, every I, year. I think that I think that this also shows that you can do a lot with these smaller stories. And for example, I haven't watched Star Wars Rebels, but I watched uh, the first, I don't know, four or five seasons of the Clone Wars television show. Uh, which was, you know, to be totally honest, was really good and, and held my interest as an adult and was well written and complicated and interesting, you know, even though, you know, it's sort of like what Tom Baker used to say about Doctor Who, like it's for children, but it's not childish. And as an adult, I could watch Clone Wars and and not, you know, feel like I had to hide my head in shame. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like they did a lot with small stories there. And I think like this is a much smaller focus story that honestly, I found much more engaging
1: much much
0: closer to a real movie i would say i just i wish they would have just shed the
1: last few uh vestiges you know like, like don't explain you know try not to explain the things that it did try to explain and maybe i don't know maybe make it even though it was acted in their substance maybe take out You know, maybe have a little more movie that's even a little smaller scale, a little more interesting rather than still essentially just a big action Star Wars movie without that much um, with really a sort of a simple story. You know, I mean, I want, you know, because they could do anything now at this
0: point. Yeah. And they, and honestly, they, I agree. They, they probably could have cut the last 10 minutes, you know, Yeah and they did honestly they didn't even have to show han winning the falcon they could have they could have had the last bit where you know Chewie and han head off into the distance when Chewie and han says something like let's find lando and, and win that ship you know and then just da, 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 you know and the credits roll and everybody's happy like it's you know you don't necessarily have to do that to show everything explicitly like you're saying right and again I, mean, I think the darth maul scene sucked yeah, that that was a, a real, real error. Which is I also think. sort of a shame because it it messes with the Darth Maul character because honestly, he's one of the few really interesting things in the Phantom Menace. Like like when he's on screen in the Phantom Menace, like the whole movie picks up the pace so it's sort of like it sort of waters down all that if if somehow being cut in half and thrown down a gigantic shaft into a <laughs> nuclear reactor isn't enough to kill you like it's a little
1: stupid uh, well because you know they're trying to pick up the they're trying to pick the peanuts out of the turd <laughs> of the older movies <laughs>
0: <laughs> All these lightsaber fights happen over chasms, you know. Like, why don't they ever just happen on the ground?
1: <sighs> I know. You know and
0: then what? <laughs> like, what? you know, like on a basketball court or something. And why? So he's guys... like, so he's like over the power reactor.
1: Yeah, there's either lava, again and
0: again and again. Right. You there's know? a
1: super big indoor chasm where there's lava.
0: Right. <laughs> you know. What, you know. It doesn't really. The more I think about this, it's stupid you know like like Qui-Gon gets stabbed once with the sword dead forever you know like Obi-Wan dead forever like everybody that Darth Vader swings a sword at at the end of Rogue One dead forever Darth Maul cut in half thrown hundreds of (laughs) feet down a hole into a nuclear reactor there he is answering the phone well so
1: stupid he's the only thing out of those movies that was popular that's, I mean, he's the only thing anybody talks about is Darth Maul. Hey, Darth, well, Darth Maul was cool. Well, he's, you know, he, he's, there was a Darth, you know. Well, he was cool because he's scary looking. He's kind of like this devil. He's like the devil Darth. And he's got a double-ended right. lightsaber got, staff.
0: All right. he's got horns on his head.
1: Yeah, he's he's spooky looking.
0: Yeah. His parents were really upset when he got all those face tattoos, but you know, he was legally a he legally wasn't a minor anymore, so what could they do? His parents are like um, these bespectacled people, <laughs> university professors. <laughs> <laughs> Look what became of Darth. Uh, it's interesting um it's interesting uh the way that they used, for example, uh John Fevreau or or Phoebe Waller Bridge essentially voicing CG characters, sort of like what they did in Rogue One, where Alan uh Tudick, I think you pronounce it, played uh the robot character in that uh I thought that was sort of it's interesting that they're sort of continuing that, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because I imagine she was sitting there on set wearing a green screen suit with all the little motion capture dots on it so that they could just sort of CG her in later as the robot. But uh, it was sort of interesting. Hmm. You think they did that or you think it was just some extra doing that? I bet it was her. I bet it was her. I could be wrong, but I bet it was her. I've seen photos of her on the set, so I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it's better Um, for
1: her because she gets a bigger payday.
0: Yeah, and you know, I mean, she's sort of I mean, for her this isn't an you know, even though her face never appears, I mean, this is a humongous part for her who you know, just a few years ago was mm-hmm. essentially an, a complete unknown and then she was known in England only and really because Fleabag got shown on Amazon in the US, she got a lot of attention very quickly. Right. Um I don't know. Overall, I mean, I don't know. I think I liked it more than you did, uh but I also You know, I I went in with, I think, extremely low expectations uh, coming off of The Last Jedi, which I just thought was awful. Um, You know, it's so funny, like, Mark Hamill hated The Last Jedi, too. Like, Mark Hamill makes no bones of it. Like, if you go on YouTube, there's a million clips of him sort of throwing shade at the movie, essentially saying, like, this thing sucked. (laughs) Uh, And, if you know, if Mark Hamill thinks it sucked, it really sucked. The guy yeah. who's getting paid zillions to do it couldn't even find good things to say about it, right? You know, good um, lord. <laughs>
1: well, the next movie is going to be Old Solo, and they're going to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we saw Old Solo. That's we saw true. him already. <laughs> I know, ne- you know, like I never need to see Old Solo again. But you know, they could do like I said. I wouldn't be surprised at all if there is a a young Lando movie. And I'm going to say this. I wouldn't be surprised if they do, uh, you know, a young Leia movie, they could easily do a young Leia movie and have somebody else play her. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of room for them to sort of do this, you know, as long as it doesn't become, you know, the star Wars Christmas special again, they'll get away with a lot, you know, like Uh I'd go see young Lando. I'd go see young, uh, uh, like, I'd even go see, you know, young Wedge Antilles, you know? How about young R2-D2, where there's no speaking? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's just chirping whistles for, for the two The entire hours. movie. <laughs> oh, my it's God. It's one-sided
1: dialogue, the
0: entire movie. But, the, you know, like the the young Admiral Akbar, that's really going to be something. <laughs> But you know what? They're going to in, in the young
1: Admiral Akbar. It's, it's a trap. Yeah, that's exactly it. They're going to see. They're going to have him say, oh, it's a trap
0: when he was like four. No, they'll have his father say it. So that right. way when he says it, like it has resonance. Right. He's going <laughs> to like, the audience.
1: He's on the playground. He's going to step in some pile of guano <laughs> and the other kids put out for him and his father. <laughs> said, it's Akbar
0: Akbar. It's a trap. Always be on the lookout for <laughs> traps, young Akbar." <laughs>
1: Uh, he's gonna put on a, oh white, a white suit it's the first time <laughs> sit in a chair that spins around yeah
0: you know, but you can have like young porkins you know porkins is one of the x-wing or y-wing pilots in yeah. a new hope you know like you could have you know you could have a young tk421 that stormtrooper from right. a, a new hope. like there's a lot of ways you could do it yeah young, young jawa adventures yeah <laughs> a jawa story <laughs> uh, oh, young god, yoda's going, coming up man i'm telling you yeah yeah baby yoda.
1: And, yoda and it's gonna be and the cg's not gonna be any better than when he starts jumping around with his lightsaber <laughs>
0: I, miss puppet. I i personally miss puppet yoda uh, totally oh god miss piggy yoda? anyway i i <laughs> what was I'm it even christopher in lee right remember pigs in space on the muppet show yeah (laughs) pigs in space anyway all right we're getting way off topic but i i don't know i liked it i think i liked it more than you did but i would definitely see it again like i don't see anything in the theater twice hardly but i would see this thing again in the theater
1: yeah i wouldn't see it again i don't know if i'd see it again but at least at least it was a movie
0: yeah, no, they did something that they can be proud of. And you know, they're a little like, "Uh-oh, that it didn't make 8 trillion zillion dollars this weekend, but it's going to I bet it makes it. I bet it makes 800 million dollars in the end.
1: I bet they're crapping themselves right now, dude, because there's a bunch of 14-year-olds who are so disappointed.
0: Yeah. It'll make money. I mean, I Rogue know, One but made Rogue One made a billion dollars. But that's because people want to see that crap. Right, but 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 Rogue One is kind of a side story, and this is a side story too. I don't know. I think that this will. Uh, I think that this will probably get to like eight hundred million in the end. Because remember, too, they'll make a ton off of foreign stuff. Also, yeah. Uh, should we wrap there? Yep. Um, nice. Any any final words? Nah, I'd probably. say will just other I'll Howard just Howard I'll just make my last comment in Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. (laughs) To answer my query. All right, thanks, everybody.